I can think of only one thing that could lift my spirits right now. Beer. 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 This is Drink of Ages on ESPN 97.5. The only show dedicated to craft beer, spirits, and music. Here's your host and luminary, John Denman. John Denman. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Drink of Ages Radio here on ESPN 97.5. I'm John Denman, Tom Painter, DJ Muskratch, and we are hanging out this week over at New Magnolia Brewing Company. Which was the plan all along, John. It was. It was the plan <laughs> all along. Uh, now, I mean, this, this is a great stop whenever, you know, we, it was, this was on the schedule for <laughs> upcoming shows. We just had to bump it up a little bit for... Uh, because uh, we were out at Huff Brewery for their 10-year anniversary, which is crazy that they've been open for 10 years. That was kind of like, are you sure? Yeah, right. but that's kind of a little shocking. But when you start thinking about it, they have been around for a long time. And so we went up there to hang out. And Ryan and the crew, man, they did a pretty cool, cool little thing. It was uh, like a sit-down dinner. And so he sat down. But then they he had made four cask beers, and, which you know, one was seven years old. Another one was, none of them were, were recently made and all aged in barrels and then put into a cask and then left to just sit there to see what happens. So the tapping of that was kind of like, man, let's, let's just see how this tastes. And every one of them was really good. Beers are really good. It's a cool spot up there. I mean, how, what is that, Tom, from Houston? A good hour and a half, hour um, 45? Yeah, no. <clears throat> Belleville? Nah, probably not that far, right? It's 30, 35 minutes outside of, outside of No oh, Label. Oh, I'm, I'm so. thinking about that hour stop at No Label yeah, on the way. Well, No Label is about 35 minutes from here. So that's about another 35 minutes from. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so it's not too bad to get out there. Yeah, uh, but we went from an hour 10 to just 10 minutes outside of downtown because now we're here at New Magnolia. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, them. we're just we're close to downtown. But it was it was good, man. Uh, yeah, I don't think Ryan and everybody up there, man, because they did a really cool job. And it was like I said, sit down dinner outside on their farm. You know, the cows are walking by and all the stuff. Sun setting. Uh, it was nice, man. It was a good little experience up there. Sounds very intimate. Mm-hmm. It was it was intimate, and uh, you know Ryan, the guy, he can definitely put some words together. So it was it, the speeches were all good, and the beers were really good. Especially you know the the first one was. A seven-year-old, I don't remember exactly what it was. Do you remember, Tom? I, I don't remember. aged in wine barrels and something else. But. I just remember the night was coming to a close around like uh, 1030, and then it was like, we are not going to do a one-hour show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it was a little past that. Yeah, that would have made uh, Muskratch's editing job a lot worse. Yeah. That's when the shows usually go like two hours. We're like, oh, wait a second. <sighs> Also, we, ba- we barely found our way out of Belleville as, as it was. Everything, once once the sun goes down, it's just all darkness. It's darkness. Yeah. <laughs> Twisty, windy roads. Yeah. Middle of nowhere. A lot of that, and uh, it's amazing. It doesn't take that. It doesn't take that uh, long for for all of a sudden you're just out in the country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're talking about that as we're driving because you know it used to be when you left Houston, you're going to Katy. All of a sudden, there was nothing for a long time, and then all of a sudden, hey, look, we're in Katy. All right, there's the Igloo Company. Now it's just like just one continuous ridiculous traffic jam, all the way out there, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and so now you got to get past Katy, and then as soon as you get off of I-10 and head north or south, honestly, I mean you're in all this farmland. 
And that's where that's where Huff is, and and the beautiful city of Belleville. I, we didn't see the city, but no. <laughs> yeah, just picturing what it what it was like. The, the beautiful farm at Huff Brewery. Company. Well, damn! Now I gotta go, man. You're really like selling it well, right? Dr- selling it well. I, <laughs> I feel like I need to hurry up and get out Bell there. Bell. Well, they're only open one day a week. Is that right? <laughs> they're only open one day a week. They're only open uh, uh, fr- uh, Friday nights, and then um, and then uh, one Saturday a month. Uh, yeah, they're open. So uh, the theory is, or well, not the theory, but what was. What was said it was during COVID they just opened it up anyways because it was like who can catch them? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> driving out here for that. Catch me if you can. Exactly. Because <laughs> find me if you can. Find me if you can. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you do turn on a couple dirt roads to get there. Okay. So it's it's one of those like, are you sure? Tom's like, yep, I've been here before. Yeah. yeah All yeah. right, and there it was. But <clears throat> back to New Magnolia Brewing. Uh, Shane Robinson and Joe Darty is our guest. Hanging up. Howdy, howdy. Here going? in the tap room. Uh, you guys, speaking of anniversaries, recently celebrated one yourself? We did. Yeah, we finally checked that box. <laughs> Two and a half years later, you know? Two and a half years later. Hey, we had the longest soft opening in the history of craft beer. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and it went smoothly. So that, that was did, good. right. You know, yeah, we learned a lot of lessons along the way. <laughs> and those two and a half years of who knows what's about to happen next. That's right. You know, we described the first year, you know, you shut down the first year and you were just figuring out what we're doing since we opened in November of 2019. So 2020 was like, okay, let's just stay alive. 21, it was like, let's just throw the spaghetti at the wall, see what sticks. 22, it's like, okay, we got a plan together now. We're ready to go take on the world. And so that's basically what we spend most of our time doing is talking about plans. Yeah. Yeah. Planning to make plans. Exactly. (laughs) And that, but that's pretty much what the last few years have been, uh, just for so many, so many businesses. And every well during COVID, uh, I, you we did the video, and it was, it was like, if we drank a beer every time somebody said the word pivot, drinking game. But that's how it went, though. I mean, it was like <clears throat> just, just like, all right, we got a plan. Nope, not that plan. New plan. Yep. All right, new plan. Yep. Like yeah. every week for a long time, it was just like, where are we going now? It's just this long, winding road. You name it. You got no more cans to sell to go beer in. <laughs> All right. Plastic cups? Okay, that worked for like two weeks. I mean, it was... Yeah. I, it's, it's, there's some countries, you know, when you go get your beer to go, they just put it in plastic bags. I mean, could have just gone to that, gone that route. Right. Put a straw in it and walk off. I don't know. But yeah, it was crazy times. You guys made it through, and uh, and that anniversary party, I got here pretty early, and it was starting to fill up really, really good. But you did some cool stuff because you did collaborations with other breweries. We did. We we didn't, you know, at that point it really wasn't about us as a brewery being open for two and a half years. It was more about the idea that we all went through something together as a community, and we survived it. And so we thought, why not celebrate the breweries that. Uh, came up during the same time we did or opened after COVID got going and, you know, kind of things are getting back to normal now. So we looked around and uh, we invited a handful, eight breweries, well, seven breweries and uh, one really well-known home brewer to come in and uh, help us out, uh, do some collab beers. And we just thought it'd be interesting to do something different like that and have a lot of fun with it. And it was, it was a really good success in a lot of ways. It was almost like a guild meeting whenever I got here. I was like, oh, hey. <laughs> yeah, hey. familiar faces right so around. 11 to 12 people here. That's the way it felt like. I was like, oh, somebody was like, dude, I've never seen this many brewers in one spot. I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. It was pretty cool. 
No, it certainly was uh, just to get that support. And even just breweries that you know, didn't have any collabs here, they just still want to come hang out because of, yeah, of all the collabs. Like, yeah. That was part of the, Yeah, I wanted to be here anyways. But then when I got here, I'm like, all right, it's time to try these collabs. That was yeah. honestly one of the coolest parts. It was like, I was working the bar that afternoon, but like looking around, I'm like, I'm getting a lot of love from the industry today. This is pretty rad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it was, it's, it was been great. It gave us an opportunity to fill the wall back up. You know, we were known for being high rotation, high variety prior to the, um, the grand opening. So the day of the event, we had 27 beers on, more, we had on tap. 24 on the, or 22 on the wall or two cast pumps. And then we had two different jockey boxes pouring three beers. Yeah. So I guess 26, 27 beers, yeah. something like that. And we still had beer that we had made in the walk-in that we couldn't even bring out that day yeah. so we're still working through some of that um mm-hmm. stuff but it's all good beer we debuted a bunch of new stuff for ourselves uh these alpine lagers um which have done really well and some other different styles um plus we did a lot of really cool things with um like i said the other collab breweries around town so it was a lot of it was a lot of fun it was it was an exhausting day um joe gets all the credit for planning and getting it all together um, did a killer job on it and uh, I think the neighborhood was ready for it. I think the community was ready for it, beer community. And so I'm actually glad to have it behind us. Um, <laughs> that was a stressful couple of months. Getting, that's getting that's that every point. event, right? <laughs> no <laughs> matter what. It's just like, uh, then when it's over, it's just, just like you just got a massage or something. Yeah, yep. like, oh, this is great. Uh, yes. <laughs> Took it's me like, a week to decompress. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's good. But it was good. It was also fun because we, um, we invited the Bronier family who we're doing the historical beers with from the original Magnolia Brewing Company. And they came up Friday night and they tried um, one of the uh, beers that we made from the family recipes, uh, which went over really well, which also was one of the beers that we did uh, at the grand opening release. And so um, it was nice to have them here to celebrate with us Friday night. Because Friday night we actually did, uh, we did a bunch of releases Friday night too, because Mm. we did our club beer releases for all of our club brew members. So we had five? I think it was five, yeah. Yeah, five, five beers that night, too, that got drank up, and then we pulled them off the wall and put all the other collab beers on for Saturday. And so we had a busy two days with a That's big cool. variety of beer. Yeah, I didn't know you had, like, the family out here from the original Magnolia Brewery. Yeah, they're the grandkids of uh, Franz Bronier, who was the original, uh, not the original, but he was the, the, brewery, the brewer that made Magnolia Brewing um, famous for their... 1913 uh, Grand Prize Southern Select beer that won uh, number one beer in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, we, Is that the beer you made? We have not made that one. So we're holding off on that one. That's our fourth beer in the, in the lineup. <laughs> we started with the Richelieu, and then we went to the, um, the, the Pale, Pale Lager. Lager. Yeah. And next we're going to do this Bach, and then uh, we'll finish off with the Grand Prize recipe. So we have I- all the recipes. So we have, like, this whole portfolio of recipes from Franz Brunier when he was brewing those beers. So we have his actual brew notes. How did you come up with those? His He, he gifted them to his family, yeah. his grandchildren. One of his grandsons um, just has an interest in this, and so he has kept all this stuff, and he has just been holding on to it. He's like, we don't brew beer. We don't even know what to do with this. I'm like, well, A, we'll rebrew the beer for you, and B, we're going to get you into the um, St. Edwards University in Austin where they have the Texas Beer Archive, and we're going to have you put all your stuff there mm-hmm. so that it will be placed in history forever. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that brewery it played a major role in, in just beer production back in the day. I mean, they, 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 what, 600,000 barrels? Like, what were they producing? Were they uh, yeah, I mean, they, were, they were That's absurd. They I didn't realize the numbers were that No, nah, they were 200,000. 200,000, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But still. still. That's, 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 that's wild. <laughs> I mean, it was just. It was, it was a lot. Yeah, yeah. You know, they used to, the way the fermenters were made back then, um, was, they were wood, and they actually poured glass into the interior of the fermenters. And so all the fermenters were basically glass bowls with wood wrapped around the outside of them that was banded in. And then they had some kind of ammonia um, air conditioning process, which is still used today in for f- like food refrigeration facilities, but it's highly toxic. But that's how they, um, <laughs> that's how they refrigerated um, once air conditioning was popularized by Hugh Hamilton, who basically reinvented how the AC systems and ice was being made back then. And that's how he was able to lager beer all year round. And a lot more people right. moved to Houston after that because <laughs> there was AC. There were, that's right. You had AC. Um, and so that was, uh, yeah, there's, it's, just, it's just an incredible history, and it's just fun to be able to retell it. We have a little, to the, to the listeners, we have a little um, wall here that we've, put articles and pictures and historical references up so that in a timeline so that folks can come in and kind of take it all in and appreciate what's there and this stuff continues to come to us from patrons and from the Brunier family and other other people who study craft beer um, and find this information they send it to me on a, on a when it, whenever it comes available so it's nice to put it on the wall it's nice to be able to tell the story and really put the spotlight back on Houston beer and kind of what it was way back in the day and it was pretty significant for for the south it's really neat um that that was all here and yeah I had I had like 10 people this past weekend come in and they're like why do you make all these European style beers and I'm like well because Houston was built on the backs of Eastern Europeans and you know we have these little German towns and we have Czech towns and Polish and and Eastern European sprinkled all over and they're like, really? No kidding. I'm like, yeah, look, we got SPJST Lodge 88. And there's hundreds of those lodges that either do or used to exist across the state of Texas. And, like, the little ta- parts of Houston that are named after little German um, uh, names and things of that nature. And they're like, we never knew that. I'm like. Westheimer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds very Texan, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so it's, uh, it's, good. it's good cultural heritage. Um, and it just shows that Houston really was a melting pot back then as it is today. Mm-hmm. And if you never stopped by the Christ Brewery in Monument Hill on the way through like Bastrop heading to Austin, that's a cool spot too because the guy built a brewery on a bluff and used to lager all his beers down in the cave. It had a plumbing system that went from the top to the bottom. I forgot how many feet it is, but 400 feet or so. And it's a cool little, cool little museum in there, you know, with brewing history and stuff like that. Huh. What's that? Over again? Christ Brewery. It's off of 71. Okay. Right before you oh, get I've to heard of that place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bastrop. Yeah. Or LaGrange. One of those. Huh. Yeah, that's pretty rad. That's yeah, pretty cool. It's a cool spot. This is like the history lesson, Drink of Ages. <laughs> Man, it's it's a phenomenal thing when you really like Ronnie Crocker, the book that he wrote. Yeah. It's an amazing book. And if it, if I could remember the name, I'll, I'll look it up. But I have it at home. I have a couple copies. But it's an easy read, but it tells so much history yeah. about the brewing in Houston. So, and. Magnolia Brewery you know, shut down during 
the uh, yeah. So yeah. after prohibition, prohibition. You know, Pro- prohibition turned him into a dairy manufacturing facility, um, and then once prohibition ended, they were up and running until 1935, and um, then a flood came through, wiped out a lot of the brewing facilities. Some of the other buildings continue to exist in um, various uses. I think hotel and retail and some offices and. And then, I mean, most of it's gone now, which is crazy to think. And that whole facility used to sit pretty much where, um, like, U of H downtown and the Post are, like, in that vicinity. Yeah, right there on Buffalo Bayou. Right, yeah, on the north and the south side of the Buffalo Bayou. Sadly, the reason why the flood of 1935 was so impactful to downtown Houston, where they had, like, 18 feet of water down there, was because the bridge that the brewery built across Buffalo Bayou as the stormwaters came up in through the um, ship channel and then pulled back, it sucked all the garbage from the bayou into the, um, <laughs> into the bridge, and it created a dam. Just created a dam. And the, and the waters rose up rapidly and flooded all downtown and basically, like, created all, all the issues that they had on that portion of the downtown area, and that's why a lot of that stuff was destroyed and, like, just mangled after that flood. So they, it's kind of like... You know, it was. It's not a great part of the story, but it's a part of the story. It's part of it. Yeah, yeah Houston's full of that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, it's not really a great part of the story, but it's it's part of the story. It's part of it. That's mm-hmm. it. Right. Right. All right. Let's take a break. Let's get another beer and get back. We'll talk more at New Magnolia Brewing Company. This is Drink of Ada's beer back. in 2012, Travis and Chris, along with their father, Wesley, decided to open up Harris County's first legal distillery and Whitmire's Distilling was born. Crafting excellent whiskeys and vodka, they were making true Texas spirits, not just putting a picture of Texas on the bottle. Stop by the new distillery at Sam Houston Parkway in 249 or go by the new tasting room located at the former Buffalo Bayou Brewing Facility of Nolden near I-10 and T.C. Jester. Learn more about this veteran and family-owned distillery at Whitmire's.com. Hi, it's Tom from No Label Brewing down in Katy, Texas. Come out and visit us seven days a week in historic Katy, right between the silos. If it's the weekend, it's live music, it's beer releases, it's food trucks, vendors, HX markets, more. Can't make it on the weekend? Don't worry, we're open seven days a week. So coming out for bingo nights, trivia nights, run clubs, there's so much going on out here between the silos. So if you're looking for craft beer and a good time, come out to Katy, Texas, come out to No Label. All right, we're back. This is Drink of Ages Radio Show here on ESPN 97.5. John Dimon, Tom Painter, DJ Muscratch, Shane Robinson, and Joe Darty is our guest from New Magnolia Brewing Company here in the Timber Grove, Houston area. Shady right down the street. Shady Acres. Shady Acres. Okay, there you go. There's a lot of names for uh, different parts of Houston, and and I just don't remember most of them. I mean, Timber Grove's our backyard mm-hmm. for all intent purposes. Yeah, I, I wish this brewery was here a few years back whenever I lived over here. You would have <laughs> seen me a whole lot more. Well, <laughs> apparently we're getting a 13-story, uh, like, 500-unit apartment complex across the street next year. So 
that's definitely going to help. And that, you know, they just built that um, senior living uh, memory care facility, so that's really going to pick up business. That'll pick up some business, yeah. <laughs> yeah, get getting good with them. Our average clientele age is going to go. It's going to skyrocket. <laughs> right? Our happy hour is going to be the best right. in town. That's true, yeah. Go from twenty-five to eleven a.m. Thirty-five, right? It's a 4:30 special. <laughs> so, sir, I think you've had enough. I haven't even started. Okay. <laughs> I, he's only got to walk two blocks home. <laughs> Yeah, go that way, sir. <laughs> That's how you get old. Yeah. Oh, man, I can't wait to get old. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> I feel sorry for Kelly. <laughs> it's bad enough as it is. <laughs> but um, Ronnie Crocker, his book, uh, if you haven't read it or checked it out, you can get it on Amazon. But the Houston Beer, A Heady History of Brewing in the Bayou City, it's a phenomenal book. It is a great book. So if you want to learn... A lot of history, a lot of beer history, because everybody thinks this stuff is recent. A lot of people miss the 90s when the brew pubs were popping up. Right. And there really wasn't much before that for a very long time. No, no, that's true. I mean, I just to give a little shout-out for Frosttown, which is going to be opening up downtown Houston just north of um, the baseball field, that little pocket that they're opening up, the reason why they're called Frosttown, because that is an old historic area of Houston called Frosttown. Hmm. And there used to be two or three uh, European families that had very small breweries there in that little pocket at that point in time when Houston, 1800s, early 1900s. And so they're also another brewery that's um, paying homage to the beer history. That's excellent. We will be there next week. Actually. That's true, yeah. John and Hannah, good yeah. people. Yeah. yeah, we saw them at Huff. They were, yeah. they were up there hanging oh, out. Look at that. that. Yeah. Small world. Yeah, so, it was uh, the... I wasn't expecting to run into anyone over there. <laughs> was that an invo- invite only kind of? I, it was. They sold tickets. Okay. Sold tickets. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's how that went. But uh, but yeah, and they were at the guild meeting last night. So. Yeah, they were there. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, it was pretty. Lo- lots of people were in attendance. Looks like a really good turnout. I wasn't there, but I saw a picture this morning and like uh, hundred people there almost. It was, it was pretty wild. Yeah. 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 Guild has come back strong. Yeah, it's like from it's nice. like vows onward. It just feels like the numbers are just growing. It was ever since No Label busted everybody in yeah. from Katie <laughs> to Valentine's <laughs> that really kickstarted it's been a it all. Secret competition to outgrow. Yeah. yeah. Now, now it's all about okay. Let's get the group picture. So like, yeah, we got more. That's <laughs> it. Everybody does the count. Yeah. Well, well, L- Lenny's taking charge of it, right? So like Lenny, like last night, like he's doing his announcements and he's just like. It's like, boom, all right, before everyone leaves, group picture right now. He's like, he's getting on it. So, so those guild numbers are strong. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Buff just, re- like, rejoined the guild, so all those people uh, were out there as well. And then v- Vince was there last night and was kind of getting prepped for his new role. It's just a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of shaking around, in, like, in Houston, Texas. But there's a lot, yeah. of, a lot, of, a lot of stuff <laughs> happening in, in this industry right now. I know. It's wild. So I had a, I was on a phone like call for about an hour on the way over here, just talking to someone, going, "All right, you okay? Are you sure? You know, <laughs> what, what can we do to help? You know, let's make sure that we won't see success in these in these breweries." Yeah, was it Brock? It was Brock. Yeah. Brock like, I having a hard bit. time. Is, uh, is everything okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're getting worried about you over there. I mean, last time I stopped over there, there was only like two hundred people, and I'm like, "Oh, Brock, how are you managing?" <laughs> 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 oh, man, but you gotta congrats to all the success. I want to see. I want to see Saint Arnold continue to grow and be the biggest brewery in the world. That'd be, you know, yeah. I'd be fine with that. Uh, uh, yeah, me too. 
the uh, Brock's a man of the campus. That's what I love about Brock. You go there like any time, any time, and he's just like he might not even drink and just walking around having a coffee. He's like he's like in his own house, pretty much. I mean, he's like this close to just wearing a bathrobe. <laughs> <laughs> just pull off the big Lebowski's. He just wanders around just, in a robe. Just wander out in his bathrobe and his coffee. Like he just put an RV in the middle of the beer garden. <laughs> like, or a little That's airstream. He just like, comes out of the airstream. Stroll out of that every morning. <laughs> yeah, about three times a day. He just pops out for a little bit. Goes back in. It's like everyone's like, we gotta get there by eleven thirty. It's like, it's like, why? That's when Brock comes out of the airstream. <laughs> it's, like it's gonna it's take like on that urban legend, now, like. like Bill Murray has. Yeah. <laughs> um, he comes coming. out, sees a shadow. We're like, ah, it's gonna be summer for two more weeks. <laughs> She's delayed the fall seasonals. <laughs> summer uh, Oktoberfest will not be out till October. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you mean should we not be releasing it in July? <laughs> yeah, no it's the best time. So it's every yeah, every like every brewery just like it's like, hey, it's July. What's happening? It's like, we're going to get the Oktoberfest. Yeah. Distributors need them now. <laughs> yeah. Well, eventually it'll probably do a full circle and it'll be back to October. <laughs> and as early as they're be getting every year. Around, yeah. yeah. Well, I like that word. You know, Houstonians do know and they do get the idea that we're in Pilsner lager season. Like, for some reason, that has, like, people come in there all the time. They're like, it's Pilsner lager season. What do you got? I'm like, lots of options for you. Yeah. Uh, but, they know, which is quite, kind of impressive. Man, the first beer that I had, we didn't even talk about beer yet, but the English Summer. That was uh, what I drank during the last segment, and that was really good. Yeah, that's a very popular beer. We did it last summer. Um, brought it back again for this summer. Uh, it's literally straight out of the style guide as English Summer. Uh, we just It's a little biscuity up front. It's got a nice um, backbone to it and finishes off just a little hoppy. So. And we got it on hand pump too. You think you got that one on draft, but sure they get on it on the engine over there if you really. Yeah. Yeah. Do yeah. it the right way, right? Do it the oh right yeah. Way. yeah. The little English pub way. Nice and cascade, long mm-hmm. fall, creamy rich head on the top. Now, do you do you have that set at a certain temperature for that, or is it? It's like what fifty in there probably. Yeah, it's a little warmer. For a little sure. bit on the warmer side. Yeah. On the warmer side. Yeah. Excellent. I mean, by the time it's in your glass and you walk away, you think you're drinking it in in the UK. Yeah, <laughs> everybody gets an accent, and oh yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. about to probably make a lot of European people mad, so I stop. <laughs> well, we get a lot of Brits that come through, and they're like, "Oh, no way is it going to be good." And then they try, it and they're like, "This reminds me of home." <laughs> and their accent gets a little thicker, and mm-hmm. you know, always a little really suspicious when they walk away with it. They're like, "We'll see about this," and they come back, and they're like, "That's actually really, really that's good. good." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, that's the, I mean, it's a pale ale, but um, the British-style pale ale, so, yeah, it's not hop forward like all the American pale ales, at least a little biscuity, a little mm-hmm. front, but, man, it was tasty. Yep. It was good, but yeah. it did most, have a good little hop finish, though. What's the most popular beer off Heights, the wall? Heights Light, our um, Heights Light American Lager, um, clocks in at 4%. It outsells everything we make two to one, both oh, in go. the tap room and distribution. Can't keep up with the demand on it good problem to have yeah and unfortunately yeah. it takes longer to make that beer it does you know okay <laughs> how long does it sit in the tank six weeks we we got six weeks and to end on it Ugh. yeah <laughs> it's a lager we do it the right way you sure. know i mean we we, we yeah, well so you know we won um bronze at the u.s open for that and then um so ever since then it's like it's just been a staple of what we do people come in all the time they're like you got anything light and easy like 
Michelob or this, that, or the other. And I'm like, here you go, try that. I'm like, oh, that's actually good. I'm like, that's actually good. I love it. What were you expecting? That's actually good. Yeah, we're actually in business because we make good beer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that I beat your expectations. <laughs> With- yeah, the bar must have been really low when they walked in. Yeah. The bar. <laughs> I mean, I know my tap room isn't the shiniest, brightest, like most pulled together tap room, but. Uh, the beer speaks for itself, I think. <laughs> At least the beer's on point, you know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, man. No, I, I, mean, I can't think of a beer that I've ever had here that I'm like, eh. I mean, they're all, they're all solid, solid beers. And now, oh, man, there's a light blocking what I'm drinking now. What did you get, Tom? What was your last one? Heights Light. It was Heights Light. Can't go wrong with it. Delicious. Yeah. Also, a great start to the day. It's yep, easy going. We got another one that's. Did you get the Hella Pills? Hella Pills. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, Hella, our West Coast Pilsner. That's really good. Uh, we have a new, another one that we just put out uh, called Little Diddy. Uh, it's a three point five percent hybrid, like lager ale hybrid, uh, which drinks really well. Um, we're trending our ABVs not higher but lower. Uh, it just makes for uh, easier drinking, more sessionable time with your with your beer and your friends, and just the ability to stay out longer and do more. Um, and people appreciate it. You know, we upsized our um, lagers and pilsners to imperial pints, twenty ounces for the same price. So while costs are going up, we actually are giving our patrons more beer for their money. Yeah, that's that's a crazy thought, right? It's so <laughs> ass backwards. But yeah. honestly, I was in Florida couple months back every brewery i went to in tampa i was there for tampa beer week and every brewery is 20 ounce pours doesn't matter what no you matter do. <laughs> you, can, you can have a nine percent ipa as a 20 ounce pour mm-hmm. or you can have a three percent anything and it's i'm like man how does this work and they're like we just turn the beer over as fast as we can i'm like okay and i don't know i like personally holding that 20 ounce say this 20 ounce feels better in your hand almost it just feels like it fits <laughs> nice. it's a proper pint yeah uh, I guess I need to get a proper pint of something because I'm over here drinking. <laughs> we get you a stain. Got a ten ounce yeah. over there. Come on. Man, I'm starting to not feel adequate over here. <laughs> that was intentional. <laughs> All right, let's take a break and let's get some more beers. We'll get back. We'll talk more. New Magnolia Brewing Company. This is Drink of Ages Radio Show. Hey, good beer drinkers, this is John Denman from Drink of Ages Radio inviting you out to Spindle Tap Brewery. Less than 15 minutes north of downtown, Spindle Tap is making some of the best beers around. IPAs, double IPAs, lagers and stouts, definitely going to find your next favorite beer. Come out and be ready to play though. Nine hole championship putt-putt, basketball court, baseball and kickball field, disc golf, or just kick back in the air-conditioned tap room. Great food, excellent beers, and a badass time. Check out Spindle Tap Brewery, Spindle Tap, that's T-A-P, SpindleTap.com. Segment of Drink of Ages Radio. John Denman, DJ Muskratch, barely made it here. <laughs> uh, yeah, DJ Muskratch. Yeah, you know, we, we, when you 
driving in from uh, Toscasita area, Kingwood area over there, you know, trying to make your way all the way to for a drinking age radio show. Sometimes you get in a little hurry, but yeah, the Harris County Sheriff's Department has some plans for them, <laughs> but thankfully, thankfully, a nice officer, T. Pickens, you know, understood what was going on and decided that that, that muskrat is best just to be served a warning instead sure. of actually a speeding ticket and yeah maybe. he didn't look like the normal riffraff and that <laughs> that maybe given a chance he would turn his life around <laughs> yes give, give him one more chance but no harris county sheriff's department uh you know out there doing 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 the good stuff you know and whatnot and we are here at New Magnolia Brewing Company, Shane Robinson, and now John Ferguson has joined us. Hey. What's going on, John? Oh, just another day in paradise. Just another day working. Well, you were back there brewing for, yeah. for most of the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. hate to see people working while we're out here having fun drinking. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm glad it. you are because you're, you're, making the, you're making the beers that, that um, is in the glasses. Yeah, John yeah. was working on a little collab beer uh, for... A, uh, a collab opportunity that we have with uh, an urban clothing line here called Faded Decade. And uh, so we're, um, we put together a beer for them to kind of match with their style and their clothing line. And uh, we'll have a release party for that. And they'll have a drop with some clothing and whatnot. How do, you, how do you match a beer with a clothing line? <laughs> well, the creators of the clothing line came in and we, we sat and we drank a bunch of beer and talked about beer and blended beers and figured out what we liked didn't like and they're like this most matches our cultural brand awareness and like brand representation and and so they were really kind of driving the whole um flavor discussion around what they wanted and and our job is really just to bring their their what they want to life through the beer and so we worked on that today and we'll have that ready in about three weeks yeah yeah, that's interesting. I mean, <clears throat> there's a lot of a lot of different styles of clothing out there to try to try to match with. Yeah, it's it's. I'm thinking sequence. Like, what, what kind of beer do you? <laughs> so we, we took uh, a beer that we we've done in house um, for a while now called Hella Pills, which is a West Coast Pilsner, and we uh, took that hot profile. And we matched it with a brand new beer that we created called Little Diddy, which is a low ABV um, hybrid um, beer that we've done. And um, combined the, the hot profile with Little Diddy because this, it's basically like, they're like, their brand is like skate culture, right? And so they're like, we love Modella with a lime. And so like, that's what they're digging on, but they love craft beer. And they want to get away from the mainstream because it's just not representative of like what they're working on, and so it's really kind of a marriage of, of like, um, just trying to do something that's representative of uh, our individual styles and our cultural um, backgrounds and everything else. And so we we sat with them, and they're into music, they're into um, art, they're into clothing line, and. Um, just urban, urban um, lifestyle, and so we we thought it was just a cool opportunity to kind of extend what we do and, and help them extend what they do. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. <clears throat> I, I think collaborations. There's there's a lot that happen between breweries, which you guys have done a bunch of those, which is cool. But when you pull 
something that's not beer related. Uh, no label. You do the one with the, the comics. Sure. And that, that's that's a to me that's a pretty sweet collab. Yeah. Uh, the comic one's a fair one, I feel like, because you know someone comes in and sometimes it's like a sham brew day where it's like, all right, hey, you're actually gonna brew. It's like not really. You're just gonna hold the stick and help us. <laughs> and look like you're stirring a pot. Yeah, and. <laughs> At least on the Bedrock collab, it's like, you know, they're kind of like, hey, these are the styles we like. And then they just work, like, on the label with a comic book artist. And I feel like it's very fair because it's playing to their strengths. Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, collabs are just weird in general sometimes. It's like some are, some feel like they're for show. Some work out really well. <laughs> like, right. like where you're dancing and everything. Well, we've, been, right. we've been really, uh, I think, very pleased with the collaborations that we've been able to do over the last several months. Um, in part because I think that the uh, the brew teams that that collaborate together are sharing information, and so you're always learning something new, or you're sharing something new uh, with someone else. And I think that's a uh, that's that's really what I think the collaboration is about. Yeah, you wanna you wanna make a good beer out of it and, and maybe something unique and maybe joining some ideas together to create something unique and new. But, oh, uh, but there's always that, that moment where you learn something new that uh, I think makes the collaboration a success. Yeah, I mean, collaborations you know, are good if, if all parties gain something from it. Right. Sure. No matter what, if it's two breweries or comic books or a clothing line or whatever, you right. know, just, everybody gains something from it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if the beer's good, yeah, now, that, that certainly helps. <laughs> it yeah. does Ultimately, help. at the end of the day. Well, uh, it's about getting outside your comfort zone, too. Like, I mean, we're, we're working on some collabs where the collab on the other side of the equation, the brewery is like, they do stuff that we don't, we don't even try because it's outside of our comfort zone. But now we're working on these collabs with the idea of, like, we're going to do something at your shop with your spin on it, and you're going to do something at our shop with our spin on it. And that's truly collaborating on styles mm-hmm. um, because it's a blending of the of best of two worlds in a lot of ways. Yeah, there's, like, over Spindle Tap, a lot of people were always reaching out, you know, because they wanted to do a hazy, but it's like, Let's do something else. Right. <laughs> let's, let's, we, we do plenty of hazy beers. Let's, let's do hazy, hazy IPAs. Let's do something else. Right. Let's come over. Let's do something that you haven't done or we haven't done before. You know, let's, let's make something, yeah. make something new. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the, and there's so many different new techniques that are bubbling up every day, every week, um, across the entire process of making a beer that are, that are really, I mean, some of it's like, scary to think that you can do all that and take the risk and try it and then other breweries are just knocking it out of the park doing it so there's a lot of lessons to be learned and it's and houston being still a very young beer scene um we got a lot of runway to learn well you have some like houston has just every brewery has their own little niche and style of brewing which is cool because then you take someone like True Anomaly and what they're doing over there. Yep. That's like, man, nobody else is really making, doing the stuff that they're doing over there. And it's unique and it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we took one of our, we just did a collab with them last month. Um, we took First Bloom, which we originally collabed with them on last year. And we brewed it at their space, but we're photo aging it now in their brew house. 
So um, it was a great opportunity for us to sh take a recipe that we originally did with them here that we then went from one barrel to 15 barrels and then gave it back to them. And then they put their spin on it and they're aging it in the photos and they will have a big release party over there. Yeah. <clears throat> Those photos are, they, they, they do some interesting things to the beers. <laughs> yeah, they do. They're fun. <laughs> they are fun. Uh, but that's one of the things I talked about that. It was like, well, at what point do you need to replace those? It's like a pizza stone. I don't think you do, right? You just, just keep on. Like, it just keeps getting more and more flavors added that will add to the next one, to the next that's, one, to the next one. Yeah, that's an interesting take on it. Call it a pizza stone. I've got a pizza stone that's got to be at least 10 years old. And, oh, man. And, and yeah. I love it. You, you could probably just, so. like... Put a cracker across it and eat it and it tastes good. <laughs> well, and, and some ketchup. And, yeah. You know. It was, it was yeah. like, let me see if it's ready and just lick it. You're like, yep, it's ready. <laughs> you see, you just warm it up and you just see all the oils oozing out of it. <laughs> yeah. You don't even have to spray it like A good cast iron skillet, man. Right? I mean, it's, yep. those things are, hold their value, hold their flavors. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so does a photo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in, in different ways, in some unique and different ways. I mean, you'll get one set of, of flavors when you're working with a new fooder. But then as that ages, it will change. And you'll get different uh, you know, different performance out of your fooder as, yeah, it, I as, mean, it, as it matures. Everything technically is getting absorbed in the wood. And, so, and there's only some, like, some of the wood well, I mean, I would imagine that kind of wood flavor will kind of eventually go away to whatever new way it's been seasoned over the last many brews. Sure. sure. Yep. Yeah. That's the idea. I don't know why this made me hungry. <laughs> Shane's idea of the pizza stones. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Pizza's delicious. Mm -hmm. Pizza. <laughs> I almost bought one of those uh, little hot pizza ovens. It's called like a, I don't know, there's like three letters to it, whatever. An Oni. Uh, Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, I almost got one the other day just because I was like, I just want pizza. I want to make pizza at my house. And I looked online. I'm like, ah, oh, I could spend a thousand dollars and buy this one. And I went, man, I can go to Mod Pizza <laughs> a lot of times. Yeah. And those are good. You gotta really like pizza at home. Yeah, you have to really like pizza at home. Right. But all right, now I'm really hungry. <laughs> <laughs> now, now let's see. What did I switch to? Uh, this is a dry hopped English summer that I'm drinking now in a, in a proper glass. Oh, uh, yeah, we, uh, gave you, we gave you the big boy glass. Yeah, finally. like a man. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm sitting at the end of the table, and I'm drinking out of the smallest glass over here. Man. It, was, it was weird. But now I'm drinking out of a, a good glass, big glass. Yeah, we, so I, don't, I mean, we, we talked about the Alpine Lager earlier, maybe briefly, but fun European beer um, back in the 1800s that got, like, scooped up by Canadians. And they've been making it forever. And it's like pretty much like the brand beer of Canada besides Labatt's or something like that. Um, and then one of our guys brought it in here and we're like, this is great. And then he's like, we really should do this. And so we did this for the grand opening. We did the base Alpine lager. Um, but we cheated and we used um, a Kevic yeast on it so that we could do a quick fermentation um, just to give it a shot. And then we split off half of it and dry hopped it. So. You know, it's a fun way to try the beer in two different ways. We'll remake this beer again. Um, it really has landed pretty solidly with everybody who comes through. That's really good. It's, um, uh, I don't know, I was just to describe it, it's, it, 
it's not real citrusy, but uh, more of, I'd say, like, melony, like well, melon. We, so used, it, we used pure melon. Yeah. And it's, it's dry hop for that. But that, that's a flavor that a lot of people are like, oh, no, I don't like, I don't like melons. Which uh, is weird because it really does come through nice mm-hmm. and soft, and it's well-rounded. Yeah, it's smooth. People that don't like watermelon, I don't understand them either, but I live with one of them, married okay. to her. Really? Yeah. Don't like watermelon, even with salt on it? Yeah, she she just does not like watermelon. What about with vodka in it? <laughs> That's or, different. Or tequila, or anything. <laughs> yeah. that, 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 that changes things. But uh, like cantaloupe, cantaloupe's another flavor that like, some people really just hate it for some reason. And Yeah. Uh, I mean, I have a kid that's not into it, so I get it. I don't get it, but I just I accept it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are in stone fruit season, so um, a lot of breweries probably be putting out um, peach heavy beers and different uh, uh, plum and other stone fruits. Yeah. Uh, we're doing a collab that's releasing in July with Maui Brewing Company. And speaking of you know using some things that. Uh, when we're discussing the recipe with them, they're like, you ever put sea salt in beers? And we're like, we really don't. Like like your Pell L's and IPAs, we're like, no. They're like, you should try it. So they sent yeah. us some sea salt to put in. So it's going to be a passion fruit, peach, and sea salt Pell L. So we have this guy who comes in. He's a culinary director at one of these schools here in Houston. And he, he and I get talking, and he always sprinkles all this little, like, oh, you should match this with that and this with that. And he's tons of great ideas he's like this translates directly from food to beer he's like you would be very very pleased with these combinations if you start adding these in so i've been dialing away all this stuff you know pink pink salt with grapefruit and other other nice little adjuncts so that sounds like a fun beer how'd you get how'd you, maui i heard you say maui brewing that's we were we were going to maui uh, Tom and Tom, when I we were sitting at the drink of age, we we're sitting at drink of ages, and he's like, "Hey, look, place to Maui, like three hundred sixty bucks. We should get a bunch of people and go." I'm like, "Yeah, let's do it." Well, it ended up being Kelly, Tom, and I going. It's a, a, a large group. Yeah, yeah, and so we had a blast. Right, had a great time, and so the next year, Tom's like, "Hey, when you go back to Maui." It's like, all right, well, if we do, let's go do a show at Maui Brewing Company. So we went to Maui, reached out to, well, reached out to the brewery, and they're like, yeah, absolutely. And ended up having a great time. Yeah. Mean, a beautiful facility, badass place. Uh, Garrett, awesome. owner. Bad, I mean, he's created something super unique, right? right. And did it in, like, paradise. Yeah. So, yeah, kind also, of. He's, 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 like, completely approachable. Like, yeah. Like 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 we hung out and grabbed some beers and like in, like in Minneapolis so like yeah. just him and I the yeah, I mean just like I, he's, I I had a thirty minute conversation with him there too <laughs> after one of the seminars that he was on and he's like he's just hilarious he's running around in a backpack and like and all, like all of a sudden I hear uh, uh Tom Thomas Tom and I turn around and then there's and there's Garrett and it's like what's going on I just I just saw you on stage and like he's like I gotta go do this uh. Like like this board meeting, uh, blah 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 blah. You know, got to decide the fate of craft beer's future. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like, but. Oh, uh, sorry, he told you about tomorrow. the acquisition they were making without telling you. The uh, 
No, he, he no 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 no. He, uh, okay. he, he did not tell me about that. But we did have a conversation about it, uh, like, like 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 after. The uh, but we had some we had some we had some good we had some good drinks up there, and then uh, just. But like yeah, the radio show we did up there—it's like one of my favorites. Yeah, like, yeah and talked a lot about how they're a mixed beverage company and and just all this like like stuff they're doing. The tap rooms are opening and just how it just started small and just kind of. Was all they're one hundred percent sustainable too, right? Aren't they like off the power yes. grid with their solar farm? Yes. Yeah. They they have three giant Tesla batteries. All their awnings are solar panels, and all, I mean all this stuff. So there was a big power outage on the island. They're like, oh, we got you. Play the switch, <laughs> they, yeah, turn the power so back on. Yeah, they're on the grid, but they're completely sustainable. They're yeah. sucking all that energy up. Yeah. Uh, and then so when the power like went out, they were able to uh, they reverted the power back in the grid, and they were able to like like power the the, the neighboring beach community for like five days. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like wild. I mean, it is it is an <laughs> impressive place. <laughs> Talking about winning over your fans, yeah. exactly. Jeez. You want electricity? Uh, drink my beer. On top of you know, you're <laughs> just sitting at the brewery. You're outside. You're like, you know, you're at the brewery. You're like, man, this is a nice brewery. They did a really good. Oh crap! That's right. We're still in Hawaii. <laughs> you look back and it just like goes down into the ocean. Like, yeah. Okay, they had their own problems. I think it was roosters. Yeah, yeah. I had them in my my neighbor's yard. They're not problems. They, yeah. they exist everywhere. They're like the squirrels of Hawaii. I think. Oh, well, no I think the the big thing that he talked about the most was just trying to get ingredients and trying to get everything that you need to really run a business of this size uh, at this point yeah. in in Maui. So, what's the pint of a beer cost in Maui versus stateside? It's got to be exponentially more expensive because you've got to cross the water. No, I mean, well, we only went to. Brewery. Well, we went to Cahola. So you didn't pay for any beer. And <laughs> so, guys, guys, guys. but, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I don't. I mean, eight bucks, eight bucks for a pint. Okay. John, they're onto us. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they figured out the formula of drink of ages. This is a scam. All right, shut it down. We're done. That's it. Get your credit cards out. Bring the POS over, Mike. I remember. Uh, a buddy of mine, whenever I started, just started this doing the broadcast. radio show. When I just started doing it, you know, he was like, he was like man, that's, that's a cool idea, everything else. And, and he goes, man, what, what do you hope to gain out of this? I was like, man, if I get free beer out of this, then I think it will be great. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Nine years later. Bring over the stain. She's done. No more big boy beers. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, we You've been at it for nine years now? Nine Over half. nine years, yeah. Uh, how long have you been on the program, Tom? Uh, since after COVID. Okay. I had a little conversation with John, and he was like, I don't know if I'll bring back the radio show. Maybe I will. And so it's like, well, you just need to bring, in, bring a friend on for the ride. Like, have it, like, you know, turn to an adventure. It's like, oh, that's a good idea. Man, we'll do that. Yeah, you just got to find someone and yada, yada, yada. All right, I'll see you next week. That's a really good and impression. I was, and I was, I was like, what? Next week? <laughs> what? You just signed up. Yep. Before uh, we even knew it. It's actually made, made a lot of sense, and we, we, we say this in the first few radio shows, because we always hang out anyways, but it was always finding time to like to hang out. Uh, and so this excuse. is kind of like... Now you got a reason. It's not any longer an excuse. It's a reason. Well, and a reason to travel to places, too. Apparently Maui <laughs> and yeah. elsewhere. So yeah. Yeah, John and I also are like, are very, we're very easy to, uh, like, 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 like to travel around with, and yada, yada, yada. And then... Uh, because he's always like, let's go. And then I'm always like, yeah, sure. <laughs> the, uh, and so we've had some, like, killer shows. Other Half Brewing in, in uh, Brooklyn was amazing. Yeah. Abel Baker in Vegas was amazing. Like, those type of shows are just 
they really stick out. So when you reach out to them, are they like, huh, who, what? Or are they like, oh, yeah, hell yeah, bring it on? They're like, well, you know, fortunately, ESPN, you know, everybody's heard of that. But it's the no-label ca- label that carries it, right? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, sure. it's when it's like, okay, yeah, ESPN and all, but but what? I'm like, no, 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 no-label. They're oh, like, yeah. oh, hell yeah. yeah. It certainly makes – I think I think having – ESPN's good, but having the Maui Brewing and the other half and the Abel Baker, like, and being able to say that we've, we've done these shows in different places, right? that also just starts to make it easy where – uh, I mean, the show just stands on its own. Right. Plus, add, plus add that craft your marketing award, and then about to hit that ten year. Oh, that's right. You don't talk your award up enough. <laughs> I mean, you posted about it, but you got you, that should be like part of your intro. It'll be better uh, when it's here, and then John just. That's why Tom's not, here. Not that, my, that's your piece, right? Yeah, that's your plug. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't do well promoting myself. I, I like promoting other people. But. Just carry it around. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's been fun. I mean, I, I, I've done shows, and all over, all over, all over the place. Uh, one of the cool ones that we did was in Grand Cayman at Cayman Island Brewing Company. Oh wow! That one was great because they're also just a badass organization that does a lot for. Because Cayman's beautiful and all, but it's also still a poor Caribbean country. Right. So, uh, they do a lot for their community as well. On top of making just your throwdown beach beers all day long and. Uh, and all that, but that that was that was a lot of fun. So yeah, just travel, good. do beers, so drink were beers. Were you able to set up an account in the Caymans? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he got free beer though. The government might listen. <laughs> yep. I'm catching on to this. That's right. <laughs> we drink of ages. We get out tickets. We set up Grand Cayman accounts. <laughs> beers. That's where all the beer money gets funneled too. <laughs> But um, New Magnolia Brewing, man, I appreciate you guys having us out, hanging out. Beers are always fantastic, man. First time we met, came over here, had the beers. It's like, this place is going to do really well. And so I'm glad you guys survived all the hardships and everything and finally got to have a grand opening party. Uh, that was great. The collabs were all good. And I'm out of beer. That's why I'm talking fast. But uh, it's, been, it's been good. And wish you guys the, the best of luck for uh, moving into the future. I only see good things. Well, thanks. We appreciate it. We're doing everything we can. We want to maintain that high rotation, high variety. We've committed to doing um, one big beer a month for the next 12 months as part of our brew club, but also just our tap room releases. So these will be one-off exotics, things that we don't typically do. So we're going to be learning a lot, like really pushing the envelope on different styles. Uh, so that kicks off next month. Um, but in addition, we're going to be rotating a ton of beer in and out. We're going to be cranking on the collabs and reaching out to the community and continuing to expand our footprint. Yeah. And we appreciate you guys thinking of us Ma'am. coming in. <coughs> also, I couldn't breathe. That's why. Uh, John's going down. I'm going down. It's been fun, guys. <laughs> He's out. I'm out. Sign off. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> the ultimate sign off. Uh, the ultimate sign off, right? There's been a lot of first and lasts here, so it'd be okay. We got Might you. as well, right? <laughs> First and last. <laughs> now I want to thank everybody for tuning in to this week's Drink of Ages radio show. Uh, everybody be safe. And next week we will be over at Frost Town. So excited to try some of their beers. I already met them a few times. Great people. So looking forward to that show. Uh, you can listen to any of the old shows sponsored by No Label Brewing Company. Go to drinkofages.com, SoundCloud, Apple, blah, blah, this, that. Other, I mean, there's so many podcast places out there. I don't even know what to say anymore. It's just, just do a search. You'll find it. 
Everybody be safe and uh, talk to everyone next week.